My name is Drew Joyner, and you're listening to the Beyond the Garment podcast, a podcast dedicated to enriching the lives of others by talking about sustainability, art, fashion, and culture. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoy creating it. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Drew here, the host of the Beyond the Garment podcast. We hope you're enjoying listening to these episodes as much as we're enjoying creating them. It would mean a lot to us if you're an Apple user to go down to the review section of the podcast and leave us a review. All right, without further ado, let's jump right into the podcast. This week's episode of the Beyond the Garment podcast is very special. For the first time ever, I'm accommodated by co-host Lauren Zerker. Lauren is the chief communication officer and head of sustainability of the brand, and we thought it would be a great idea to have her as the co-host for this podcast because she has a special relationship with the guest that we have today. What's up, co-host? How you doing? What's up? I'm doing well. I'm really excited to be on this week's episode. Um, why don't we just dive right into it? Let's and do it. Introduce our guest. Who we got? Who we got today? So we're here with Emily Chomillon, Emily, um, who is an old friend of mine. She's an extremely talented visual artist, um, whether that involves her painting or making clothes, which is why I thought she would be an excellent guest. Um, but before we get into all of that, Emily, how are you doing? Como ça va? <laughs> um, yeah, we go back a long way. We were in elementary school together at a bilingual school in Denver, and I have such good memories of those days. Um, I was actually going through some old school pictures to reminisce a bit before this, and the oldest one that I found is from 2004, which Dang. is like oh kindergarten. My God. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. That was probably the year that I moved to Colorado and I met all you guys for yeah. the first time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's a perfect actually segue to our first question, which is, Emily, <laughs> what, is, <laughs> <laughs> what is your background? You know, where are you from? How was it like growing up there? How would you describe your childhood? So I'm originally from California. I was born in Santa Monica, um, and I lived here for about four years, and then we moved out to Colorado in 2004, 2005, and that's when I was enrolled in, at the time it was DIS, now I think it's ISD, but that's where I met Lauren, Wow. and uh, we we were in international school together. Uh, Lauren didn't do it as long as I did, but I went all the way till fifth grade. And um, that was really awesome growing up with my French dad, um, learning about my French culture and stuff, learning how to cook food all the time. I mean, I'm sure Lauren might have told you, too, when we were in school, we had cooking workshops all the time for different cultures. Um, And then my mom is also Hawaiian, so I grew up doing a lot of hula dancing and making clothes. And that's kind of, I guess, a segue into how I got into fashion. I mean, I'm, Lauren might have told you, too, when she came over to my house, like, my mom's sewing room was decked out. We never had less than five sewing machines in the house. Wow. And it was for, for hula, specifically, because you have to make all your costumes and, and stuff. Um, and that was kind of what it was like just growing up, always always making things. Wow. So, so it sounds like you kind of have this blend, this really interesting blend of... Like you, so your dad is your dad is is he French or like well, like what is his kind of like background? Like I heard you say he's he taught you French, but is he a French man or mm-hmm. like? He's yeah, a- he is very French. Uh, his <laughs> name is Didier, and uh, that is probably as French of a name as you can get. Yeah. Honestly. Holy cow. Um, but he he is very French. He's from La Rochelle, which is near Bordeaux. 
Um, yep. You have heard of Bordeaux wine. That's where that's from. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, but yeah, he's he's pretty pretty French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. My mom, my mom's side is pretty Hawaiian. She grew up in Hawaii for a little bit, and um, they met in California. So Ooh. not sure how that happened, but. Wow, that's incredible. That's crazy. You have to tell us real quick, what is your number one, like, French-themed food? <laughs> France oh, food. God. Oh, God, that's so hard. Because <laughs> um, there's different categories. <laughs> okay, maybe yeah. maybe desserts or something. Oh, okay, I can do that one. Okay. Probably uh, croque en bouche or also, like, a pièce montée. Oof. That's, like top tier number one it's basically like a big tower of cream puffs mm-hmm. stuck together with like caramel yeah and it is so good and it's only for like weddings and baptisms so it's special wow that sounds delicious <laughs> it's, it's bomb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well i mean you kind of talked about it a little bit you touched on it a little bit how you know with your mom's side of the family and hula and, and things of that nature, you started to kind of get into um, some of the more artistic things in your life, right? Um, yeah. So what came first? Was it, you know, the art? I mean, I, what, what I know you as is as a painter, as a digital artist and what I've seen basically, but kind of tell us about your your beginning stages of coming into art or coming into sewing and, and, and doing your own clothing. Right. I've always been into drawing um, ever since I was a kid. Um, and I, my parents would always give me art stuff. I'm, I'm very fortunate that I always got art supplies as gifts and stuff. And I, um, I love that every weekend I would paint, even though it looked like crap, I would still paint. Um, and I had all, all this nice stuff. I, I honestly didn't appreciate it as much as I do now. Um, but I kind of got into that first and then watching my mom kind of do fashion and she, she had her own clothing brand for a second. That kind of was my segue into it. So I think drawing came first, um, definitely then fashion. And then later on, um, when I was in college, I got in, I guess now still in college, but, um, I got into digital art and, um, that right now is what I've been stuck to more than traditional art. It's, it's just way easier, faster and really, really rewarding, honestly, a little bit more than traditional art, but, I dabble in all of them, I guess. Right. And so um, when you touch on you touch on your mom's brand, can you mm-hmm. give us like what kind of involvement did you have in that? Like how, and how does that play into like, you know, you you doing your own kind of clothing at this point in your life? Right. Um, I watched a lot of my mom's process. She she started a golf clothing brand. Um, we, we grew up on a, on a golf, at the CU golf course, actually, uh, in Erie, Colorado. And my mom was always like the clothes are so ugly and plain for women in in golfing. And so she decided to make her own and I kind of saw the way she made her own patterns. Um, if you, if you know anything about sewing and I'm assuming, you know, with your clothing brand, you send patterns over to a pattern maker. Uh, but when you, before you do that, you draft it yourself. So that was really interesting to see my mom do that and for all the different styles that she was offering as well. And then going also to the fabric stores and and picking up the different fabrics and also seeing what the color scheme was for the season. I didn't realize how important that was when you're picking out a a line of fabric or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
going to the factories and seeing the pattern making machines and how you need to do that and the different sizes you need to make. It was just a really interesting process that I think changed the way I looked at fashion for sure, especially with my mom making us go thrifting and stuff. You know, it was just that process really changed my outlook on it. Yeah, definitely. And that's super cool that you have that experience. I mean, I think about Edward Joyner and a lot of the things that I've learned in terms of pattern making, in terms of the embroidery and stitching and whatnot, um, I'm having to learn all those things. And I'm like, you know, if only I would have started, you know, when I was you know, five years ago or 10 years ago, just having that little background is, is really important. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of really excited right now because I get to speak to someone who's, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know, you know, has that like a little bit of that, like uh, pedigree, yeah. right? Yeah. In that, in that field. It's really, really cool. Um, but and we'll get into that more too but let's let's talk about the art for a second again walk us through kind of you know how you um typically you know create a new piece of art whether it's traditional art or or digital art like let's actually do both like i want to hear both honestly so walk us through like when you do traditional art and then when you do digital art and like when you want to create something new i think it's a it's very similar processes between the both but usually i have my iPad, um, which is what I do my graphic art on, um, and that's just very portable. I can use it all the time. More often than not, I'm drawing in class, um, which is probably not the best idea, but I get a lot of stuff done there because it's a very, and I hate to say it sometimes, but a boring environment that allows me to be creative. No, Um, no, yeah. So, but sometimes I get sketches done in there, and then I'll take that and decide whether or not I want it to be a physical piece of art or graphic design. And from there, I'll choose the medium. So I've done sketches where I've transferred them onto skateboards um, and did that through painting. I've done other ones where they're strictly just pen and paper. Uh, it really depends on what I want that piece to be in, um, in, in terms of mediums. Um, but sometimes if it's just like a quick sketch or if I'm going to be transferring it or if I'm sending it to someone because they've commissioned me to draw it, obviously I'll do it graphically. And that way I can send it in a, you know, in a file size that's a uh, good quality and stuff right. like that for uploading. Right. Um, but it, it really all depends on, I guess, on the vibe. I hate to use that word literally, but <laughs> on the vibe of like, the drawing that I'm doing, that sketch that I make. Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting because my, my next question where I was going in my head is like, I want to know, like, also, like, what would you describe your, your art style as? Because, I mean, when, we, when you talk about client work, I think a lot of times you're, you're obviously trying to do your the best work you can for the client, basically, you know, what they what they ask or maybe, you know, what they want. But like let's say like you got your head do you listen to music when you when you create or not really? Oh yeah, all the time. All I the time. To. Yeah. Let's just paint a picture real quick, okay? <laughs> so imagine you're sitting wherever you usually create, whether it's your room or wherever, outside. You got your headphones in and you're sitting down and you're about to create a new, you know, original yeah. piece of work for yourself like what is the first thing that you like try to do like what, what do you like what do you want to create in those those type of moments mm, it usually depends but more often than not i sway towards like human form hmm. or definitely things that tend to be alive i'm not sure why i i don't do too many still lifes or plants hmm. um but i really enjoy the human face i think it's really interesting um i've always drawn eyeballs <laughs> <laughs> Uh, never stopped, <laughs> can't stop, uh, I draw a lot of 
uh, dead things, um, which is, you know, people think it's sad, but I'm not sad. I just really like scary dead things. I think they're really fun to draw, and they they make people uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think that's always... The one thing I've, I learned in art one time that stuck with me forever is that a, a reaction from art is... There's no such thing as a bad reaction. Yeah. Because it's getting attention. Yep. Yeah. And then for me, now that I, when I make art, I want it to make you feel something. Mm. I don't want you to like, just look at it and think it's pretty. I want you to feel uncomfortable or question it. Mm. And I love that. Yeah. I, I don't think my art does that too much to an extent, but I... I want you to definitely feel like something when you look at it. Wow. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, <laughs> you said this earlier, um, but traditional art versus digital art, which one do you prefer? Um, which one do you like more, like less? I think you, you said a little bit about it, but let's hash over it again. Yeah, no problem. Um, but I, I think for right now, based on convenience, I like graphic art a lot, um, especially the iPad's great. This is my plug for the iPad, honestly. It's it's great. It's a great investment uh, for digital artists. You can like Photoshop as well, but, you know, with the pencil, it's really practical. You guys to download um, different brushes and stuff, and I can make my own stamps. I can make my own brushes. I can, I can basically do Photoshop on there, um, picture editing and collages, and I think right now I... I'm in a weird art funk where I'm kind of jumping in between different mediums I want to experiment with. So yeah. graphic design or digital art right now is my favorite for sure. Yeah, it's very cool. I remember when I decided to uh, invest in getting an iPad and it's just, you're so right. Like the convenience of having digital, like being able to take something from paper, you can, you can literally, you know, take a picture of it, put it on procreate and kind of, manipulate the elements of it that way or you yeah. can recreate it in, in so many different ways there's so many different tools of symmetry and uh things of that nature which make it really nice yeah um, i love procreate that's my favorite app yeah procreate is i mean it's an artist's dream app right like yeah. it's easy yeah. to it's easy to use yeah go ahead sorry oh no no i was agreeing with you <laughs> yeah it really i mean it's just an artist's dream app like it's we use it all the time um but um, let's, let's talk a little bit about the clothing, right? Cause I mean, I, the thing that's so cool about you is that while you do have this, um, artistic kind of obviously like painting and drawing and those kind of things, you also are, you know, impressive, like seriously impressive when it comes to, <laughs> you're welcome. Cause I mean, when I, when I seen that some of the things that you've been able to create or recreate or repurpose, it's, it's really cool. Um, can you talk a little bit about you know, how you go into DIY clothes, make clothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so it depends. There's like, I like, I guess the community likes to call it thrift flips right now. Oh, okay. um, thrift flips. Those, mm -hmm, those are some things that I'll do, uh, or with any clothes that I have that I want to repurpose. Um, I'll usually go either Pinterest or Instagram explore page or, um, any basically designer brand that I really like that's way out of my price range. Uh, I go just look at all their clothes that I want. And from that, I can kind of see the basic pattern shape and what they've altered in that pattern to make it how it is displayed, if that makes sense. Um, so 
like right now I, I've made a couple shirts that are like very stretchy it's called shirring but it's a very popular technique right now with women's clothing mm-hmm. and a lot of brands I even took a picture of one but a lot of brands like Reformation charged a top uh, that I basically made and it was $178 on their website um, wow. but I made it for 20 bucks so yeah wow. I, I try and like look up really easy techniques they're, they're very simple things honestly you just need a sewing machine but um all these designer brands just like to just take like to take very old and ancient techniques and hype them up like all these really cute cottage um cottage pilgrim shirts those are really <laughs> old mid-century designs that have been around for centuries and people are charging 200 dollars for them so yeah that's crazy yeah i'll i'll usually look at that um you know especially with with the vintage vibe that's going on with our generation Mm -hmm. um i'll look at vintage inspiration for for some of my diys um and also the fabric store is a great place to to spend way too much money and get inspiration as well um there's so so much cool fabric that you that you see and you're like wow this this is so awesome. I could. I want to make anything and everything out of this. Wow. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I'm sure you as well with like your clothing brand. You and you choose, you know, good fabrics and stuff. You wanna, you wanna just make so many things with them. In my opinion, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that's that's such a good point. I mean, we love the materials in which uh, our items are made out of, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, right now we have a premier hoodie, which is basically a super heavyweight. I mean, we kind of positioned it at the wrong time, but it's a heavyweight with ribbing and has like double stitching on the hood, which is we really love it. It just has all these kind of features that we really appreciate about it. And I mean, materials and fabric can, you know, make or break a garment's just structure. Like you you put it on and, you know, it, it just doesn't feel right or it feels, you know, just off in some way then it automatically becomes a a bad experience for the wear right and that's something that we really pay attention to and it seems like obviously when you're making clothes for yourself or you're making clothes like it's really important too um yeah one of the questions i have in terms of you know when you start this process whenever you're you're thrift thrift flip is what you said right is that what it's called yeah i'm not sure what what the cool kids are saying but i've been doing it for a while and I, I I feel so uncool. Me too. I've never heard that before. <laughs> Thrift flip. <laughs> I don't know, but um, you know, let's like for example, if there's there may be a, someone who's listening to this who who wants to get into DIY clothing. You know, what advice would you give that person when you know? Let's say for instance, should they buy a sewing machine? Should they learn about fabrics? Should they learn about the technicality of cut and sew? Like, how would you kind of tell them? So I think for sure, um, I have a couple friends right now, they're actually considering buying sewing machines because they want to get into DIY clothing as well. And what I've done with them is, first off, don't get a sewing machine right away. I would get like a little sewing kit or some fabric glue and some pretty decent scissors to start off with. And just do that. Start hemming your clothes. Like I think cropping things. Whether or not you think it's DIY fashion, it really is. And it's one of the most basic ways you can revamp your wardrobe. Mm-hmm. It's things like, that's something I do all the time. Um, and that really teaches you, like hemming is really important. It teaches you, you know, also how to do clothes in a sense. Um, people sometimes don't understand the concept of sewing things inside out because when you turn it back right side out, it's all clean and nice. 
So something like that teaches you those concepts. Um, there's so many tutorials on YouTube also for really cheap thrift flips, I guess you can call them, with <laughs> things we'll often find at the thrift store like T-shirts or cardigans, blazers. You know, those are basic things that you can always find at the thrift store. And there's great tutorials on YouTube for how to revamp them for super cheap without a sewing machine. Um, but if you wanted to, you know, invest in a sewing machine, it's a it's a great investment. I use mine all the time. It's always set up. I don't ever put it away, honestly. Uh, I use it a lot. Um, if a dress needs to be fixed really quick, it's, it's so convenient. Or if, you know, um, I was selling masks for a long time mm-hmm. before I got my job back. And, um, you know, that helped me out a lot. But it also helped out a lot of people. I donated a lot to hospitals. And um, that's also a really easy DIY to do if you want to start learning how to sew because learning how to sew seems really cool until you actually go to make a t-shirt and it's actually kind of confusing for a little bit. (laughs) Right. Uh, So doing the little things if you're going to start sewing, um, you definitely have to start small and make like masks or like bags and something like that. And, And then you can move up. But those are, I guess, some of my tips. Um, in terms of getting into DIY fashion is start small. Don't get the most expensive thing yet, um, right. just in case you don't actually like sewing. Um, but, yeah, I I love it. And I haven't met anyone, honestly, who didn't like it. Uh, I've thrifted and flipped many times with my gal pals, and uh, they seem to really enjoy it so much enough that they're – they're starting to look into investing into a sewing machine and they're being more serious about sustainable fashion yeah. and um, DIYs, which which is cool. Yeah, that's, those are great, great tips. And you said something really important. I think that, you know, you said that most people who you know who sew, and I feel the same way for artists too, because you're, you're kind of, you're both, right? You sew and you create <laughs> art. If you create something, you bring it to life, it is literally the most fun experience like yeah, ever yeah. like like something that was not existent in the earth is brought to life by your yeah. hand like like it is just it's it's i don't know i, I get goosebumps about t- talking about this because i talk about this on some of the other podcasts when it comes to photography and just capturing something that someone else couldn't capture like that is it's it's really yeah i'm sorry i'm, I'm a nerd i can't <laughs> I, I always say that my art is my brain on paper and um, yeah. it really is. It's like every every neuron synapsing in a physical form and the fact that people thoroughly enjoy the things that I make with my hands is still to this day the most insane thing in the world. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I'm so grateful people actually think that it's good because I just make it for shits and good. Oh, excuse me. But I just, <laughs> <laughs> just for fun. And uh yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're you're completely self-taught, right? Or have you yeah. taken any classes? No, I've taken like basic art classes to pass school. Right, of course. <laughs> I've never actually taken like an, a legitimate art class or sewing class. Uh-huh. Um, I just I don't have a lot of time and I um I'm so lazy, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I hate going to class. So I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Well, segueing a little bit um, more into school and class, you're currently studying environmental science, right? Yeah, I am. So why did you choose to study this subject? Does it 
like relate at all to making clothes because obviously those relate in terms of sustainability and the environment obviously mm-hmm. uh well when i first wanted to go to school i was actually gonna go to um cal poly pomona which is a good oh. school for engineering and i was gonna go for civil engineering my backup plan was where i currently am which is csuci for environmental science and i decided that i didn't want to build bridges all the time i cared <laughs> more about the earth and sustainability and um, i actually took an AP environmental science class my high school or my senior year of high school and we went to um, wastewater treatment plants mm-hmm. and I sounds super weird but I fell in love with uh, wastewater and <laughs> clean water for people I, it never hit me how much water is abused and neglected technically yeah. if you think about your water is free all you pay for is shipping and handling but it's way more than that and that really changed everything for me and I picked environmental science over engineering, and also being by the beach. Um, of course, <laughs> was also a plus. So I I went to Channel Islands and I chose environmental science as as my major. Um, I picked up a business minor since then, um, just just to have it under my belt and hopefully be in a in a good position when I graduate. But mm-hmm. um, I guess in a sense that does relate to fashion water. You know, what does it cost? Uh, it's like 2,000 liters for one T-shirt, I think, or something yeah. like that, but how much wastewater is made. Um, and that really sucks. That's water that we could be drinking. I'm sure, Lauren, you know this, um, being sustainability advisor, it's there's less than 1% of potable water on the planet. Yeah. And that's, that's insane to me. So the fact that we still use drinkable, potable water in our toilets is... Um, I think crime. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, crazy. Yep. There's a lot. A lot of changing needs to be done. Yeah, and the crazy thing about that too is the the one percent. Like a lot of it is is frozen. Like yeah, yeah and it's the, melting into salt water, so we can't get it. Can't use it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's really sad, but you know that's that's what made me want to change something. It's something that I am so passionate about because I feel like it doesn't get enough recognition for how important water is. Um, I think it's picking up more speed right now, but I mean, look at Flint, Michigan. We still have no answers. Man, um, oh man. So I think we still have a lot to, to answer for and to work towards. Um, and I think, you know, maybe sustainable fashion is a step forward towards that for sure. Um, especially with water usage, but I hope maybe I can combine the two. I'm not sure if I'd be able to, but Who's to say in the future, like, someone won't create a job where sustainable fashion is a complete career? Right, yeah. right. And that's, I mean, sustainability is a huge part of Edward Joyner, something that we're, I mean, always going to be working towards, working to improve. Um, I, I, I truly believe that, you know, in the next 10 or maybe even less years, you know, brands are not going to be able to differentiate themselves based on sustainability. Yeah. And so... Um, I hope that's the truth because I really feel like, you know, in order for there to be substantial change in terms of, I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of industries that need to change for, for climate change to be um, uh-huh. subdued. Fashion is a huge one. I mean, you hear it all the time. Uh, you know, some people are quoted in saying it's the second biggest pollutant, um, those kind of things. Um, but for our brand and learning about you and learning about how you're an environmental science um, major, it's really important for our generation to kind of lead the way on the the progress that 
these brands, these businesses, and you know these you know institutions are gonna make. So I I think it's really awesome that you have decided to be an environmental science major. I think that's really really cool too. Um, you got a lot of stuff, Emily. You, you make you make the art. You make the clothes, the environmental science. Like we, I business feel like, minor. I don't know. I feel, I, feel like, I feel like we could have a longer conversation about this. I know. Um, but. Uh, one of the last kind of things we want to talk to you about is kind of current projects, whether it's clothing or whether it's art. Uh, are you working on any, anything right now? or? Uh, for art, not necessarily. Uh, I kind of continuously work on my, my boyfriend's brand, Frost Dogs, um, which is What is that about? Um, they're just these, like, skaters, surfer dudes um, <laughs> from San Diego, and they've been best friends forever. Uh, and they all have like matching tattoos and stuff, and it's it's pretty cute. Uh, <laughs> but they also want to have like you know a fun um, surfer skater clothing brand, and so I draw a lot of the stuff for them. So I do, I continuously am drawing ideas for them. So that's an ongoing project, I guess, in terms of drawings. Yeah. Um, and then for clothes, I have my own projects that I'm just like <laughs> want to work on. I'm in the middle of trying to make bathing suits for the first time, which wow. is really interesting. Um, just made my first top last night. That was a success. Uh, That's awesome. Planning on making a purse probably after this phone call, honestly. Cool. Uh, Grind never stops. Yeah. yeah. It really does. It. It's so much fun. It's so addicting. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. It really, it's a disease, but um, <laughs> probably that. And then, I don't know. I, I have some some masks to make, actually. So that's an actual uh, job that I have to do in terms of projects. Sweet. Very cool. Um, Lauren, do you have anything else for her? I mean, she she's an awesome girl. <laughs> I'd be down to get one of those swimsuits when they're done. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, Emily, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Like, seriously, you were a treat to have. Um, oh, I'm so glad. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. Yeah, we'll have yeah. to do it again sometime. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Beyond the Garment podcast. We hope you gained some value from it. Wherever you are in the world, have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you next time.